0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of 1 John. The New Testament book of 1 John in chapter number 1. We're in this series of 1 John with the subtitle and the idea of walking or fellowship with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Walking with Him. The book of Amos 3.3 says, How can two walk together unless they be agreed? And as we talk about Jesus Christ who is indeed God and we talked last time about that that because of these things that Jesus is alive we can have true joy and what joy it is to know that Jesus is real. And one of the things that we're concerned about and one of the things that we're trying to encourage people about is to move past the idea that We do religious things every now and again and realize that Jesus is God and He wants to be part of our everyday life. And then once we learn how to walk with Him, it changes our entire life. And we're going to speak more about this today, examining the text, but the book of 1 John in chapter number 1. 1 John in chapter 1, and notice with me starting in verse number 5. 1 John chapter 1 in verse 5, the Word of God says this, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not the truth, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us and if you're in the habit of marking things in your bible would you mark a, f- a phrase that we find in first john chapter number one? First john chapter number one verse seven it says walk in the light walk in the light and with the lord's help i'd like to preach a message about walking in the light walking in the light let's go to the lord together and let's pray Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you today, I'm asking that you would open up the Bible, that you would open up your precious word, that you would give us clarity, give us understanding. Let it just open our eyes and let us go, wow, what a God. Help us to look up towards you. And then have a desire to walk in fellowship, to be in fellowship, to be with you. I'm asking that you would expose any sin that we have in our life with the spotlight of your Holy Spirit, that you would expose it, that we can confess it and get it right with you. Again, be with my words, be with my thoughts. Let them be pleasing to you. Let them be correct in you. Fill me with your precious spirit. Give us your light now and get your own work accomplished through your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Walking in the light. Now, if we're going to walk in the light, we have to understand the first principle here, that God is light. God is light. That's the first thing I'd like to show you, is that God is light. Notice with me again in verse number 5. Verse number 5, it says this, This is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. The Bible clearly says that God is light. When we talk about this, we can even further define it. If you wouldn't mind, let me turn to a couple different passages and turn with me. Uh, We're turning back to 1 John in just a second. But turn with me to the gospel record of John in chapter number 1. Let's see what God says about this light. John chapter number 1, please. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 1. And notice with me in John chapter 1, and notice verse number 6. John chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible says this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He, that's talking about John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, and he came Unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to him gave he the powers to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Notice here it describes God being Jesus and that Jesus is the light. We see that he's the creator God, that he created all things. Again, it's a baffling thing. It's an amazing thing that the creator of the world would come down in this this world himself, robed in flesh, and the creator of all the world dwelt among men, and men rejected him. And they said, we don't want him. We don't want this God to rule over him. We reject his claims. You know, it's it's baffling how we can reject the creator of all the universe and tell him to stay out of his life. You know, some of the scientists have gotten to the place where they said, God, we don't need you. We can become gods ourselves." We could go ahead and we could create. We could do things ourselves, And God says, go ahead and prove it then. If you could create man, go ahead and prove it. And they start getting ready to gather dirt. And God says, nope, nope, nope. Get your own dirt. Don't you know God created everything? And we have to use. When we breathe... We're breathing his air. He is the creator God. And this creator God chose to robe his glory into flesh. And he dwelt among us for the purpose of sh- saving us. He was the light of the world. And if we accept this light, he gives us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. While you're still in John, notice with me John chapter 8. Notice what Jesus says about himself in John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 12. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus very clearly states, I am the light. And he says, if you walk with me, you're not walking in darkness. I am the light. We can have fellowship in light. Jesus, not only is the light of the world, but he wants us to have fellowship with him. Now, to give a um, more, to set up a basis of illustration, turn with me to one other passage in the book of Revelation, chapter number 21. Revelation 21. Jesus has already said he is the light. the light. The Bible says that he is the light. God is the light. Light is a wonderful thing. With light, it gives us what we can do to see. Without light, you can't see. You'd be stumbling around. It doesn't matter how beautiful something is. Without light, you can't see it. Light is important. It is the light of God that shows us our need. It is the light of God that exposes our sin. It is the light of God that shows us Jesus and whom he is. In the book of Revelation 21, it's talking about eternity future and it's describing a little bit about heaven and what heaven is like. And earlier in the chapter, it's talking about the pearly gates. It's explaining a little bit more about how heaven is. But notice with me something interesting starting in verse number 22. Revelation 21 and 22, notice what the Bible says. And I saw no temple there Therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof, and the nations of them which, were, which are saved and walk in the light thereof, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations to it, and there shall be in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now again, and earlier in Revelation 21, it's describing the beautiful splendors of heaven, the gates of pearl. It's describing the gates and the walls and all the the, uh, beautiful jewels. It's describing uh, the beautiful scene. But it also says in this time, there's no sun, there's no moon. And the reason is, is because there's no need for the sun. There's no need for the moon because Jesus Christ is the light and He's the one that lighteth it up. So I want you to imagine a beautiful place, but there's no morning, there's no night, but Jesus Christ is there and He gives all the light that you need to see. He is the light. Now this is setting up an illustration that he's going back and talking about the fellowship. But we have to start off with the principle that Jesus Christ is the light. And He is what we need to see. He is the brightness. He is the glory. He is the magnificence. When it talks about the light, it's referring to the purity. It's referring referring to truth. It's referring to knowledge. It's referring to prosperity. It's referring to happiness. Because Jesus is the light. God is the light. All of these things come from the light. Without God, without the light, there is no happiness. There is no purity. There is no glory. There is no prosperity. There is no knowledge. There is no happiness. Without the light it's just darkness. And we cannot make ourselves and get ourselves around. We couldn't even exist without the light. The light is necessary. You know, just think about if some world disaster happened and the clouds covered up the sky and darkness fell on it. You understand that it would change the world, that plants need the light in order to go through the process of photosynthesis, of producing their own food. Without plants, the animals cannot eat them. And without those animals, we lose our substance. We lose our ability. The whole world fails without light. The light is necessary for life to continue, for life to go on. And we have to trace the source of light. That is God. That is God. Which brings us to the second thing I'd like to show you in 1 John. 1 John chapter number 1. 1 John chapter 1, we saw first of all that God is light. The second thing I'd like to show you is walking in the light. Walking in the light. Notice if you wouldn't mind that a triplet of something that we see here, that he says, if we say, if we say, if we say, with the apostle John, there's absolutes. Notice verse 6, if you wouldn't mind. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now God's goal and purpose is after we accept Christ as his Savior that he wants to walk in fellowship with us. But we've already established a principle that God is light and he has so much light that in eternity future in heaven you don't need a sun, you don't need a moon, Jesus is enough to light it all. So I want you to to get this idea that you have Jesus in all of his glory. I want you to imagine him so bright. He's brighter than any sun. And you're walking along with him. And it says that if you say, if you say, so someone is saying, I have fellowship with him. I walk with Jesus. But you walk in darkness. You lie and have not the truth. Why? Why? Because you have God who dispels all shadows. Imagine if you had a light source that was hanging in the middle right here. And there would be no shadows cast from it because light doesn't cast shadows. It is only when it hits something solid that it casts a shadow. So let's imagine that there's a light source right here. And it is light and there's no shadows in it. There's no darkness in him at all. And you say, I walk in the light... But you are walking in darkness. What do we mean by this? That you're committing an awful type of sin. You know where you do sin at? In the shadows. You do it where no one can see you. So it's almost like this. I'm walking with Jesus. Hold on one second. And you go off and leave Jesus and find a shadow to go commit that sin in. Because you can't do it right here in the midst of the light because it's exposed for Jesus and everyone to see it. You have to go stop and go away from the Lord in order to commit that sin. You cannot commit that sin while you're walking in the light. This is what it's trying to give the illustration to. That if you say that he likes this this expression, but if you say that you have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and walk not in the truth. You cannot say you're walking with Christ and watch pornography. At the point in time where you're watching that filth and nastiness, you leave the light of Christ, you've stopped walking with him, and you've walked away to go find a shadow when you intentionally and purposely lie and continue with that lying facade, you're not walking with him, but you've turned and found a shadow. You've stepped and tried to get into the darkness to get away. Because Jesus exposes all of that sin. We cannot walk with Christ and keep our sin. It is impossible. Notice as he goes on, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, how is he in the light? He is the light. If we're walking with him, we have light all around us. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see what Jesus does? He's already cleansed us from all sin. But notice the ETH. It is a continual uh, cleansing from sin. When we've accepted Jesus Christ as our savior, he's forgiven us of all of our sins. It's all of it is wiped clean. Even the stuff we're going to do in the future. You see, what we have here is a description of two different terms. Of relationship and faith fellowship relationship and fellowship in a relationship that never changes for example some of you have children those children no matter what they do will always be your child for example i'm going to pull someone miss becky and mr josh no matter what happens mr josh she's always going to be your mother it doesn't matter how much trouble you get into You can't get away from the fact she's your mama. However, because of sin, it can affect the fellowship. That relationship can't change, but the fellowship may. For example, there may be a time where Zebedee, who is my son, that relationship will never change. But let's say that something goes crazy and he goes ballistic and he slaps me across the face. That fellowship is broken at that moment and needs repaired. That relationship is always going to be there, but there may be times because of sin that fellowship is strained. The wonderful thing is is that God offers us forgiveness when we get saved, our relationship is settled. it, is, it cannot be changed, it cannot be altered. God will never divorce us, he 'll never disown us, he'll never cast us aside. However, our constant thing has to be our fellowship. We have to continue to have correct fellowship with Christ. And that is walking with Him. You can be saved and not walk with Christ. Walking with Christ is a purposeful and an intentional act. Notice as it goes on. If we... uh, if we say that we have no sin, there's the second one, if we say, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, I want you to notice something specific about English grammar here. Here we have the word sin, verse seven, sin, it's in the singular. Verse eight, it's in the singular. Verse nine, it says sins, it's in the plural. The reason why is that in the New Testament, especially the book of Romans and the book of John and the epistles of John, when it talks about sin singular, it is different than sins plural. And the sins singular, it is referring to our condition. It it is what we are. We are sinners. We have sinned. We, We sin because we're sinners. When it deals with sins in the plural with an S, S S-I-N-S, it is dealing with the individual sins that we do. So the sins singular is our sin as a whole. Our sins plural is dealing with our individual sins that we have committed. So this is important because we have to distinguish uh, doctrinally. Verse number eight, if we say that we have no sin, what that person is doing is saying, I'm not a sinner. If someone says they're not a sinner, they have deceived themselves. By the way, there are some people who do believe they've never sinned. That's something we have to deal with because if they haven't sinned, they have no need of a Savior. They have to be convinced and shown that they are sinners. By the way, that's why God gave the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is our schoolmaster. They teach us, they educate us that we are sinners. Every single one of us. Even the most holy and pure of us are sinners. We all have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The wonderful thing is that not only did He cleanse us from sins, uh, sin and our condition when He saved us on the cross, that That secured our relationship when he took care of our sins as a whole, sin as a whole. But when we deal with our idea of sins, we have to individually take care of our sins one by one in order to keep a good fellowship, a good relationship with God. Which brings me to my third thing. We started off by showing that God is light. The second thing we showed is walking in the light. That Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Because of that we can't walk with him and darkness at the same time. Because he is the light. He exposes those things. We have to leave Jesus and go find darkness in order to commit darkness. The good thing is, is the third thing is staying in the light. Staying in the light. Notice with me verse number nine. If we confess our sins, notice this, this is plural. This is dealing with our individual sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful thing that Jesus Christ can cleanse us and to wash us. What Jesus wants most of all is for us to walk with Him, for us to have fellowship with Him. He wants us to walk and talk with Him. What keeps us away from that is our sins, our sins, plural. Now someone says, well, does this mean in order to walk with Christ we have to be sinless? No, not at all. What we have to do is be good repenters. Good repenters. You see, you could walk with Christ, but as soon as God exposes a sin in your life, if you take care of it, you stay close with Him. The problem that we all have, and I'm saying all of us have, is that we don't like to admit that we're wrong. We don't like to admit, even to God, that we messed up. Has there ever been a time where you've been angry and you want to be angry? I mean, you did not want someone to make you feel better. You wanted to stay on to that. You know, and you don't want to talk to God about it because you don't want to get rid of it. Has there ever been a time where you did something wrong and you know inside you did something wrong and other people may point out you do wrong, but you do everything you can to justify it? That's our problem is good, old-fashioned, nasty, horrible pride. You know, in order to walk with Christ, you don't have to be sinless. You just have to be a good repenter. That's what David was. He was called the man after God's own heart. Was it because he was sinless? No, it's because as soon as it was exposed to him, he confessed it. That's what God wants us to do. In order to stay close with God, as soon as we mess up, as soon as we have a bad thought, as soon as we tell a lie, as soon as we get angry and frustrated with someone, we immediately confess it to God, admit that we did wrong, and God does something wonderful. He confe- When we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What happens is that, Once we confess our sins, we can continue walking with him in the light. That's what Jesus Christ can do for us. Not only is he taking care of our sins at Calvary and secured our relationship, what he wants to do is keep us with a close fellowship. And sin drives a wedge in between that fellowship. But if we keep short accounts with God, an amazing thing happens, we walk in the light. You know, one of the things we have a problem with is we let sin stack up. We let it dirty us, we let it get filthy, and then we take baths once a month. You know, whenever God finally really gets a hold of us and I'm, I'm sorry God, I messed up. But what happens during that time is that we get further and further away from God. God wants our fellowship to be continual. He wants it to be all the time. Even if we stumble really quick, we say, God, I messed up. And we restore that fellowship. What a wonderful thing that we can walk in the light as he is in the light. And it doesn't require us to be sinless. It just requires us to be honest and good repenters. Bible continues in verse 10. If we say, here's that third, if we say, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You know, there's something about pride that we don't want (laughs) to tell people that we messed up. You know, we don't want to, to admit that, hey, I messed up. I told a lie. I exaggerated. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. Oh, I'm hiding this. But well, you know what happens? We're not taking advantage of what God has offered to us. God recognizes that we're human. God recognizes that we're sinners. He knows we're going to keep failing. You know that, that when you mess up, God doesn't go, Oh no, what happened? He knew we were going to mess up. The goodness of God is that he provided a way that it doesn't have to get in our way. It doesn't have to mess up with our fellowship with God. Now, again, this is not permission to sin. Because if you're walking in the light, guess what? You will be sinning less and less and less. By the way, if you get in a good habit of repenting often, guess what? You'll become more sensitive to sin and it will keep you away from it. Just even the thought of doing sin is enough to make you feel dirty and nasty. Some of us, if you haven't taken a bath in a while, being clean is just such a radical thing. But if you've been clean so often, just a little bit of dirt's enough for you to go. You almost become like a germaphobe and sin. Oh man, ugh, gotta wash up. I heard someone say that the older I get, the less that, <laughs> the less I see clearly in the dark, but the more clearly I see the dark. You know, as we're following with Christ and we have the light of the world with us, we can see all the little sins that God has. Oftentimes, I pray specifically for my own life that God would shine the spotlight of the Holy Spirit in our lives to expose sin. Have you ever ate at a dark restaurant? You know, sometimes there's a reason why it's dark, and it's not because it wants to set a romantic atmosphere if you turned on the lights and looked at all the walls and all this stuff, you go, ugh. You know, sometimes we're fine being in the shadow. We're kind of in the shadow and going, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. But you allow a spotlight to hit you and you see everything that's filthy and dirty. There's nothing wrong with being clean. And to be honest, I know that this is a good group of people, but some of you... If not all of us, we need a bath. We just need to be willing to confess to God and just get in the habit of being right with Him. Don't allow these things to build up. Confess it. I'm willing to say, uh, you know, the great mind reader Swami, you have something that you've been hiding for a while. You have something that you've been, been keeping And you know that you need to confess it to God. And God already knows about it. When you're confessing, you're not telling on yourself. You're just agreeing with God. But you've been letting it kind of just sit there. You haven't dealt with it. Now's a good time to say, God, I messed up. I have this in my life. I'm admitting to you that it needs to be taken care of. Let me tell you to be thoroughly cleansed with God. There's nothing like it. Ask God. Have the courage and the bravery to be honest with God. You may say, you know what, preacher? I think I'm pretty good. Then I dare you, I double-dog dare you, for your relationship, for fellowship with God's sake, ask Him to shine the hot spotlight of the Holy Spirit across your life. You know, there's some people who are afraid to do that because they don't want to open up the hidden closets. They don't want to look at the spider webs underneath the stairs. Allow Him to take a spotlight in your life and say, God, expose to me what needs to be taken care of. Show me, illuminate to me any sin that I have in my life. You may not even realize it's sin until God shows it to you and you go, oh, I need this taken care of. What's the whole purpose of this? To keep you walking with Christ. To keep you close with him. Walk in the light as He is in the light. So what again, preacher, what do you want us to do with this? I want you to ask God to show any sin. And when He shows you any sin in your life, be willing to say, God, I confess this to you. I messed up. Show it to me. I would ask that you would be brave enough that even now, as we have an invitation I'm inviting you to take some time. And I don't want to rush this invitation. What an amazing thing if someone would get thoroughly right with him tonight. Maybe you have some ought. Maybe you've been resisting a little bit of God's will. Maybe there's something in your life that you know you should be doing and you're like, "Eh, I don't want to do it. Almost like a little child. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. Confess that. Expose it to God. Maybe I could ask it this way. Are you delighting in God's will? Are you being honest with your employers? Are you being honest with the time they're paying you to do? Are you being using that time wisely? Do you have any ought with your family? The Bible says to men, men, be bitter not with your wives. Do you know why you put that in the Bible? Because it's easy for men to be bitter with their wives. Do you have any bitterness? Is there any unconfessed sin? Is there anything that needs to be taken care of? This is your opportunity to be clean and to walk with God, not in the shadows, but walk with him in the light as he is in the light. five three zero six three oh eight once again that number is nine two zero five three oh six three oh eight if there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you please let us know we would love to make ourselves available thank you